Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Rivers Church. I want to speak to you this morning on how to attract the favor of God. How to attract the favor of God. Many Christians are not experiencing God's favor. And God's favor is not automatic because you're a believer. Are you with me? God's favor does not just come because you're a Christian and you believe. God's favor has certain conditions to it and certain attitudes. And when you have certain attitudes in your life, God's favor is attracted to your life. You'll remember that Mary, the mother of Jesus, found favor with God so much favor that God chose her as a vessel to bear the Son of God. I want to look at a number of verses of Scripture, build a picture. Then we will look at two kings who found favor with God and see what we can learn from their lives. Psalm 5 and verse 12, it says, Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as a shield. You can see it's a broad promise but it's attached to certain conditions, isn't it? Genesis 6 and verse 8, here we see the conditions. It says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. You see, if you look at verse 9, it says Noah was blameless and righteous, and uh, it's very clear that because of his attitude and his walk with God, favor came to him. God didn't just randomly select Noah. No, Noah attracted the favor of God. Are you with me? Genesis 39 and verse 3, it speaks of Joseph. It says, when his master saw that the Lord was with him, with Joseph, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. It goes on again to say the Lord was with him and showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So first with Potiphar, now with the prison warden. We see that God gave him favor with people, but that favor came from God himself because he attracted the favor of God into his life. You want to have favor in business? You need to have the Lord with you if you want that favor. In fact, Sunday, Adelaja, the pastor of the church in Kiev, had a great impact in that city. He's written over 50 books. He says, favor opens any door while it remains closed for everyone else. Psalm 90 and verse 17, may the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. I want favor for your life and your business. I want to just survive and we manage to pay our bills. No, I want God's favor. Proverbs 12 and verse 2, good people obtain favor from the Lord, but he condemns those who devise wicked schemes. So don't take bribes and don't accept corruption. Don't go to restaurants and drink wine, and then when you give your license to the cops, you add a 50 rand note. I was at a restaurant the other night. They said, do you want something to drink? I said, no, thank you. I'm driving anyway. He said, no, 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 you just put a 20 with your license. No, no, I want favor. I want favor. Now here's where we get to the crunch. We come to the New Testament. You see, a lot of people say, that's Old Testament, Boston, it's conditional. No, no, no. 
Notice here, we can look at two verses, James chapter 4 and verse 6. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. In fact, Pastor Harold Warner said this, humility is the gateway into the grace and favor of God. See, it's not just believing God because I'm a Christian, but it's humbling myself and saying, God, you're right, I'm wrong. God, your way is best, my way isn't. God, you know more than I do. God, I don't want to be full of myself because I'm driving a nice car, living in a nice house, I enjoy nice food, I've got a nice watch and wonderful rings and whatever. I still stay humble because you've done it for me. You see, we find this verse twice in the New Testament from two key men. And when the, Peter, the leader of the twelve, speaks, we've got to pay attention. He says in 1 Peter 5, God opposes, in other words, he's against the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Then he explains, so what do you do? Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that what he may lift you up. In due time. Do you know what this passage teaches me? This passage teaches me how God actually works. You want to know how God works? He is attracted to humble people. But proud people, he actually opposes. It says there, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he might lift you up. But you know what it says actually? God opposes the proud. That same hand that can lift you is blocking you. Humility is something we should celebrate, not pride. Think about that. The devil fell through pride. He knew better than God. He reinterpreted God's plan for the universe and God's wisdom. And it caused his fall. And we want to celebrate pride and we think it's going to attract the favor of God. No, no, don't mistake common grace for saving grace. The fact that you're alive and you can actually be arrogant and full of pride doesn't mean that God won't punish you. Or judge you. You're just lucky to still be alive. And that's the problem. Because of God's mercy and his, his, uh, his common grace that's over everybody, whether they're Christian or not, we think we can get away with murder. No. As a Christian, you should be living under God's common grace and his saving grace and his daily grace and his favor. And you should constantly be humbling yourself. Are you with me? It's funny that God doesn't oppose the adulterer. He doesn't oppose the drunkard. He doesn't oppose the liar but he opposes the proud. I find that very significant. The sin of Satan does not attract favor. Now let me relieve you of your pain because some of you are squirming. <laughs> pastor Jim Simbala, a wonderful author and pastor in America, he says a heart out of tune, out of sync with God's heart, will produce a life of spiritual barrenness and missed opportunities. A humble heart is like a magnet that draws the favor of God towards us. Won't you pay attention to that this morning? If you want the favor of God to be attracted into your life, humble yourself. Now, don't be, oh, I'm nobody, and I'm ugly, and I've got no qualities, and I, you know, if you sing on the platform, don't look at me, it's just God. No, don't talk rubbish, you're singing. And if you sing out of tune, we're going to get you to sing right. So let's not get into foolish. You know what humility really is? It's saying God is right about everything, and I am not. 
What is the world saying today? No, no. We will flaunt what we think is right. Oh, I tell you, the hand of God will oppose you. I don't need to do it. God will do it. And we can learn from two of the kings in the Bible. The first one is Asa. And Asa was incredibly successful. Incredible favor was shown in his life. We find the story of his life in 2 Chronicles chapter 14. And I want you to notice what it says. Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. Can we just stop there? Good and right. Surely those mean the same thing? Is the Bible just using two words because it's just being, you know, it's just being verbose? No, no. It's using two significant words. He's doing that which is good, which is just general goodness, but that which is right is what God says is right. We've got to do what God says is right. You want to attract favor? He's right and we are wrong. Hmm? Well, we put it like this. He's God and we are not. <laughs> and the Bible says that the Cushites came against Asia with, with 300 chariots. And then Asa called to the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. This is a king. Help us, Lord our God, for we rely on you. And then it tells us further in chapter 15 that Asa's heart was fully committed to the Lord all his life. You want to attract favor? You've got to do what's good. You've got to do what's right, and you've got to be fully committed to the Lord. Don't come to church and say, Pastor Andre went off about the pride thing. I know what he was on about. <laughs> oh, well, you know, Pastor Andre, what does he know? Because, you know, at our company, we've had a whole month of. And on television, you know, he's a bit out of touch. He's a denier because he doesn't believe in global warming. So, you know, Pastor Andre, and it's his birthday, so we'll just be gracious. Now, you need to believe that God is right and you are wrong. And if you want favor in your life, you've got to keep saying that. You've got to keep being fully committed. Now, sadly, Asa did that and his kingdom just excelled and excelled and excelled. And then suddenly, the Bible tells us that Hanani the seer came to him because he made a pact with an unsaved king. He started relying on human reasoning and wisdom. He started playing politics. If I do this, and I link with him, and he knows him, and they connected to them, and you know Russia, and Ukraine, and uh, let me not go there. And he made a pact with Aram, who he shouldn't have made a pact with, because he should have relied on the Lord. Now, this is what it says in 2 Chronicles 16, that Hanani the seer came to him and said to him, were not the Cushites and Libyans a mighty army with great numbers of chariots and horsemen? Yet, when you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand? For the eyes of the Lord range through the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You've done a foolish thing, and from now on you will be at war. Asa didn't say, yes, you're right. The Bible says Asa was angry with the seer because of this. So he was so enraged, he put him in prison. At the same time, Asa brutally oppressed some of the people. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa was afflicted with a disease in his feet, Though his disease was severe, even in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord, but only from the physicians. Then in the 41st year of his reign, Asa died and rested with his ancestors. What a great start, but what a bad end. You see, God didn't look at Asa's deeds. He didn't look at the economy. He didn't look at the social structures or the medical system or the political system that Asa put in. God looked at his heart and looked at how he was committed and how he relied on God in order for the political system to be blessed. He 
turned away from that, and as a result, not only was the political system a disaster, his physical body was a disaster. You see, we keep thinking we can attract favor through human wisdom and through political systems. How many times do we need to say this from this pulpit? You can see your own country, because we keep thinking that we know better than God. We want to celebrate what God hates. Thank you for the 10 committed people at Rivers Church. If you stand in the foyer, we will make you elders at the end of this meeting. You see, here's the key, church. What's God looking for? What attracts his favor to us? I'll show you. Do you remember when King Saul was uh, replaced as king? Why was he replaced? Well, 1 Samuel 13 tells us, Samuel speaks to King Saul and he says, but now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people. Why did God reject Saul? God rejected Saul because Saul used his own human reasoning. The people are coming. They're going to run away. My army's going to be weak. I better do it now. So he took on the role of a priest and offered the sacrifice. God says, no, you've crossed the boundaries. You once trusted me. You once did everything that was right in my sight. Guess what? Now there won't be favor. So he tells Samuel to go and appoint another king. And this is important for me to paint this. 1 Samuel 16. Samuel goes to Jesse's house, and the Lord speaks to him. He says, do not consider the appearance, his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look on the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the... Just think for a moment. The Bible says in Proverbs that the, 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 out of the heart, is, the heart is the wellspring of life, not the head. That's why salvation in Romans chapter 10, if you believe with your... Not your head. Too many of you sitting in the meeting and reasoning. I like what he says there, don't like what he says there. Okay, I'll come, it motivates me. You know, I enjoy this church. The music's quite cool. The coffee's amazing. No, 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 you're missing it. God wants your heart. He wants your heart. And when he gets your heart, then favor begins to flow. Am I making sense today? See, David, he had a heart after God, but that's what it says in the book of Acts. It says in Acts 7, David, who enjoyed God's favor and asked that he might provide a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. Why did he get favor? Because he had a heart after God. We've got to have a heart after God, and we've got to expect that God will show us incredible favor. Now, let's have a look at another king, a, man, a king called King Uzziah. Are you all with me? It's getting very quiet in this church this morning. I'm just preaching the word. He was made king of Judah at the age of just 16 years old, and he reigned for 52 years. I mean, you know, a lot of kings didn't reign that long. So 52 years, and he saw incredible favor. He built up the economy. He built up the, 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 the military system. He had a trained army of thousands of men. They even developed catapults that shoot arrows and stones from the city walls, and uh, the, the nation just went from strength to strength, and a favor was attracted to his life. But I want us to read what actually brought this favor into his life. And I want to look at four things this morning, and we'll focus a bit on Uzziah. Are you with me? So the first thing here, and we've already looked at this with the life of Asa, but I used Asa to make the point today. So number one, what did Uzziah do that attracted the favor of God? It's very simple. He did what was right. He did what was right. See, doing what's right is not a matter of opinion. Doing what's right is what God says is right. 
2 Chronicles 26 here, it says he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had done. Now we see he sought the Lord during the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. You see, right is what God says is right, not what people say is right. Stop listening to what people tell you is right and wrong because we've redefined everything. We no longer talk about pedophilia. No, we talk about minor attracted persons. We don't talk about adultery. We talk about sexual preferences. See, we've termed everything else so we don't feel guilty and then we want God's favor. How can you expect that? You've got to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Then in due time, he will lift you up. For God opposes. What's the proud? Those, I'm right. And what we like to do in church in the modern world today is we like to think this is a boat buffet. I won't have any carbs. I'm off carbs at the moment. Just eating protein and veggies. No, no, you need the lot. You've got to determine what God wants. And if you want favor in your life, you can see what people think is right is producing chaos in our culture. Complete chaos. We are, we are living in the time of judges where each man did what was right in his own eyes. And it produced chaos religiously, spiritually, socially, maritally, and even financially. We really need to attract the favor of God by doing what is right. Can you say amen? Now, John Wooden was a coach. He's retired now, one of the best basketball coaches in America. He's obviously written books and speaks a lot and is often quoted because he won 10 basketball championships. And he said this. He says, I've never stopped trying to do what's right. I'm not trying to earn favor with God. I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do. Now, we just, just do what's right. But today, people don't know what's right. Obviously, this guy, this older man knows what's right. He's grown up in that era. Today, everything is right. I want to ask you, do you know what's right? Do you know what's right? Do you know what God says about things? Or are you so shaped by media and culture that you think you're right and then you wonder why there's no favor? I don't believe this prosperity teaching. It's a lot of nonsense. Rivers is excessive, you know. It's those big churches that teach that stuff. Why do we want to deny something that's biblical because it's not working in our lives, but it could be traced back to because we haven't humbled ourselves. And like King Isaiah, we haven't done what's right in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. I believe God wants you all to have favor. Yeah. In fact, it's up to you. Favor is promised, but it's conditional. Number two, he sought the Lord. He sought the Lord. I believe many people seek the Lord at the beginning of their Christian life, but then they run on autopilot for the rest of the time. Hmm? Here's the thing. We talk about seeking the Lord. We've even created churches that are seeker-sensitive. What's a seeker-sensitive church? We, we don't play the music too loud. Because some people get upset, you know, especially the older ones. And then we don't have it too long, you know, just 45 to 50 minutes in and out, you know. Cause... And then we don't speak about gays or anything like that, you know, because that's hateful, you know. And we don't say the Bible is inspired by God. And we don't teach the scriptures as though they're true. Because, you know, we're, we're, we're a bit more scientific in today's modern world. You want to know why we don't have favor? Even the church has been diluted down. And then we want this incredible favor. 
Now, we think we'll find it politically. No, you won't. You find it by doing right, by seeking the Lord. Tell you why, while these kings sought the Lord, they were super successful. And Rivers Church has sought the Lord. And I thought, God challenged me. Do not rely on momentum. Do not assume that you've got this good routine. We run the meetings a certain way. We've got a lot of stuff worked out. Daily seek the Lord. Daily rely on Him. Keep calling what God calls right, right. Even if your church shrinks. Even they can go down the road where they just mollycoddle them and it's seeker sensitive. Or they promise them the world and it's lies. You just keep going because you've got to do, you've got to do what's right, not what works. I want you to notice here, when you walk with God and you seek the Lord, and I'm not, can I just say this, we're not talking about seeking the Lord. I'm not talking about getting up in the morning, Lord, I seek you. Today I'm going to go to work late because I've been seeking. No, don't, don't be a freak. You just keep looking for what he wants, what he says. When you make a decision, you don't just make a decision. You go to the Bible. Let me make sure. Ooh, I wish it didn't say that. Is there a confirmation? Oh, there is. Okay, Lord. I'll do what's right because I've sought you. Now, I love this. It goes on to say this. 2 Chronicles 26. God helped him. Against the Philistines and against the Arabs who lived in Gerbal and against the Munites and the Ammonites who brought tribute to Uzziah and his fame spread as far as the border of Egypt because he had become very powerful. 307,500 trained army, uh, army with chariots and equipment and he had an armory that was not been surpassed even with Solomon. This man was incredible. He's, he's kind of overlooked in the Bible. And the, the, the catapults that are designed to shoot arrows. God elevated him. His fame was known in Egypt. You know, they didn't have social media in those days. When you were known in Egypt, you were known. And the Bible says it's because of his humility. Notice 2 Chronicles 26 and verse 15. And I'm quoting the New Living Translation. It says, his fame spread far and wide. For the Lord gave him marvelous help. And he had become very powerful. You know, the Hebrew word there for the word help in that text means surrounded. God surrounded this man with favor. Why? Because he did what was right, and he kept referring and seeking the Lord. Now, I want you to understand here that you don't need to spend 15 hours in prayer. Your heart needs to be turned to God. And you need to pray. And you mustn't just think, oh, well, I'm a Christian, I believe. And because I'm a child of God, and I just believe I'm going to get it. No, you're not. You've got to do what's right. You've got to find out, as Pastor Bulma said on Friday night, what pleases the Lord in the book of Ephesians chapter 5. And I want you to notice what it says in the book of Hebrews when it talks about faith. There's a differentiation. Hebrews 11, you all know this verse so well. And verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please God, for whoever would approach Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards who? Those who seek Him, those who keep looking to Him, believing He is, and seeking what is right and what His will is, and not diluting it or altering it or modifying it, that's pride. Humility says, God, you're right, and I am not. It is so easy for us to become successful and to become rich and to stop relying on God. And we think because we've got degrees and we're educated and we're well-read and we've been to this 
company seminar and that business meeting and this summit and all these things that people go to and eat themselves fat until they can't move and then they come out and, and they don't have any solutions, we need to go to God's Word and say, you're right and we're not. We humble ourselves. Lord, we want your favor. And you'll get favor that you won't get politically. You'll get favor that you won't get any other way when you do what's right and you humble yourself under the hand of God. Number three. Before I get there, Joyce Meyer said this. Speaking of God, he could open doors for you that you could never open. He can close doors that will keep you out of trouble. God can give you favor everywhere that you go. I believe that I've experienced that in my life. God's given me favor, not because of my talent, not because I read a certain amount of books a week, not because I'm super slick. I think it's because God has seen that we have constantly trusted Him, sought Him, and we've not modified His word. We have said what you said is right, and we won't change it. Even if it means numbers or money, we will do what you say. Amen. Number three. Is this helping you this morning? And I hope it's encouraging you. Number three, we read it earlier, he allowed himself to be instructed in the fear of the Lord. We read that in two chronicles, he allowed Zechariah to instruct him in the fear of the Lord. And I want us to read it again, 2 Chronicles 26, it says he set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God, as long as he sought the Lord, I want you to notice that God made him prosper. Just by the way, the word prosper there is very interesting. It means he forged ahead. How many of you want to forge ahead? In business, you want to forge ahead? You've got to do what's right. And you've got to allow me and others on the weekends to instruct you, not just in information, but in the fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? Oh, I'm going to die. No, the fear of the Lord is an incredibly healthy respect. I don't know about you, but if you met the Prime Minister, even if you didn't agree with him, or the President of our country, uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa, whether you agree with him or not, some of you are ANC supporters, so you'd be like, yeah, others are like, ah. Okay, just say you met the President. I don't think, unless you're completely arrogant, you'd start arguing with him. You wouldn't be like, hey, by the way, I've been waiting to chat to you, just <laughs> ex-common. No, you'd be, he, he would speak and you'd be like, I wish I could. Because there's a healthy respect, which we should have for anyone in office, whether you agree with them or not. Am I making sense? If you're not an ANC supporter, don't get upset with me. Just understand the principle. Okay, don't miss what I'm not saying. So when with God, the fear of the Lord is not that he's going to kill me at any moment. I've got a very healthy respect that what he says, even if it doesn't make sense to me, is right. And... You've got to allow yourself to be instructed in it week by week, not once, and then allow information from social media and news media to instruct you. Because when that instructs you, you'll do what's right in your own eyes, and you won't attract favor. So you've got to do what's right, you've got to seek the Lord, and you've got to allow yourself to be instructed. Then I'll tell you what, favor will flow into your life. And if you're not seeing it right now and you are living like that, it could be that you're going through a trial, but keep trusting God. Because God is faithful, as we heard at the beginning of the service this morning. You see, we need to rest in Him and settle that God is right. But number four, the fourth thing we learned today, 
as we begin to move to a close, and I hope this is helping you, is what Uzziah did is also what Uzziah did, is God lifted him up, but pride became his downfall. Proverbs 16 and verse 18, pride leads to distraction and arrogance to downfall. The very blessing of God that he attracted was the thing that made him become arrogant and full of himself. And he then ended up in a place where God had to literally humble him. Favor will come when you're humble and you rely on God. One, uh, sorry, in 2 Chronicles 26, we read this. But after Uzziah became powerful, notice this, his pride led to his downfall. He was unfaithful to the Lord his God, and he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Now, let's just stop there because I want you to understand this. He's like, well, what was so bad about that? He, he, he did what Saul did. He took on the role of a priest. You see, because he thought in his own mind, he was right. And isn't that what's happening in the church today? We all sit in our little seats and we all think we know what's right. And then the blessing of the Lord and the favor of God is not attracted to our lives. Some of you are stunned. You're like, what? See, it goes on to say here that as Azariah and 80 other priests came and they confronted him, and this is his response in, 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 in 2 Chronicles 26. It says, Uzziah, who had a censer in his hand, ready to burn incense, became angry. While he was raging at the priests in their presence, I've had people do that in the foyer over certain matters, before the alt, incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy broke out on his forehead. When Azariah and the chief priest and all the other priests looked at him, they saw that he had leprosy on his forehead, so they hurried him out. Indeed, he himself was eager to leave because the Lord had afflicted him. King Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. He lived in a separate house, leprous and banned from the temple of the Lord. Augustine of Hippo explains this by saying this, it was pride that changed angels into devils. It is humility that makes men as angels. You know what pride simply says? I know better. I'll do it my way. I think I'm right. I think you're wrong. I think it's a matter of opinion. I think it's a matter of science. And then the favor of God is retracted from our lives instead of flowing into our lives. How many of you want the favor of God today? It's up to you. It's up to you. Just do what's right. Just seek the Lord. Just keep consulting Him. Keep being free. Each week, come and say, instruct me in the fear of the Lord. Instruct me in the fear. I'm open. I'm open. I've been watching and reading and social media, but instruct me. Or you can allow yourself to allow business and social media and companies and corporations, mottos and slogans to shape your thinking, and then you wonder why your life is shriveled up and you don't have God's favor on it. Gosh, eh? so easy to eliminate God and to make up our own minds about how we want to live. Benjamin Witchcote, the Puritan from the 1600s, he says, a proud man hath no God, for he hath put God down and set himself up. Isn't that true? Today, you know, you know, how, the, you know how the devil works today? You know how he, he, he gets the church to, to be discredited? He pokes holes. In our preaching, he tries to poke holes in our character. And then when a church fails, he highlights it so that everyone will discredit the church and choose their own opinion. Don't be put off. Do what's right. Seek the Lord. Be instructed in the fear of the Lord. And don't let success get to your head 
and cause you to fall. Ezra Taft Benson was a farmer and a politician. He said, the proud wish God would agree with them. They are not interested in changing their opinions to agree with God's. Both Uzziah and Asa were given an illness. They faced leprosy and disease. And I think this is a sobering thing in our lives where things happen in our lives and we wonder why. Maybe it's because we didn't put God first. I don't believe it's in every case. I believe sickness and disease is in the genes. It comes from the environment. comes from smoking and all these things as well. But sometimes we can be struck down when we were so great at one time because we didn't keep serving the Lord. I, I asked myself the question, why did God give them a disease? And I wrote this in my notes. Nothing of God can live where pride is. Are you thinking with me? This? Nothing of God can live where pride is. In fact, Andrew Murray, the great man of God from South Africa, from the Wellington Paul area, he said, pride must die in you or nothing of heaven can live in you. Human reasoning. Now, as I wrap up this morning, let me just say this. Human reasoning is waiting at the door, especially if you're in business and you educate. It's waiting in the, at the door for you to lean on it. Do you remember when there was a famine in Samaria? The Bible says there was a famine in Samaria and the king of Israel was desperate and people were eating doves dung and they were eating babies. And Elisha came with the word of the Lord and he said, thus saith the Lord, tomorrow there will be a sea of barley sold for next to nothing. And, and then the Bible says this. The man on whom the king's arm was leaning said it could never happen even if the windows of heaven opened. And Elisha says, you'll, you'll see it, but you won't eat of it because they trampled him in the gate. Now, I believe there are many people who are leaning on people. Don't lean on the arm of flesh because the arm of flesh doesn't hear the word of the Lord. The arm of the flesh always has an alternative but it never releases the favor of God. It's the word of the Lord that came from Elisha that released the favor of God. I want to close, and I hope you've been encouraged this morning. Uh, God wants to show us great favors. Isaiah 66 here. These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. Is that you today? Are you humble? Say, Lord, you're right and I'm not. Are you contrite in spirit? Do you tremble at God's word? You will attract the favor of God. It's really up to you. And if you have a spirit and a heart like that, like David, you'll see favor upon favor upon favor. But if you choose to have your own opinion, don't be surprised if you're just a believer that exists and doesn't see the favor of God. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message. 